Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober, covering lifestyles in the world of real food. I finish up the 2023 podcasts with what else? A holiday episode. My guest is Lonnie Fox, founder of Rosemallow Artisanal, which makes handcrafted organic and allergen-free marshmallows flavored with fruits, flowers, and other farm-to-table ingredients. Lonnie has given me some of her holiday rosemallows to sample on the air. Lonnie, welcome back. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to do this. I'm excited to have you back. You were on about a little over a month ago, and we gave a little preview then of the holiday rosemallow flavors that you have. I imagine this is a busy time for you, so I appreciate that you can fit it in with all the holiday going-ons. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and do this and taste them. We just tasted them again recently on video with my interns. It was really fun. I don't take enough time for myself to like enjoy the rose mallows. I'm having the mug melts nearly every day, but the actual truffles, which are so near and dear to me and what we started with, I don't eat them as much. Not that I don't love them. It's nice to be able to give myself time to enjoy like the most special part of our line. Oh, sure. I imagine that makes them taste even better. Mm -hmm. It does. And they always just surprise me, which is fun. I'm always like, oh my gosh, this is even better than I was expecting it to be, which is fun. Oh, wow. Well, I know I'm in for some great surprises. Well, should we start, Aaron? Do you want to start with, since we already have the mug melts going, do you want to start with the mug melts and then we'll go for the truffles? Yes, let's start with the mug melts. Refresh the listeners who maybe didn't hear the last show. What are the mug melts? Okay. So the mug melts are essentially an organic marshmallow made with real organic ingredients, like you said before. But what their purpose is, is to infuse a beautiful, amazing flavor into a hot beverage. And then also you get a great flavor and then beautiful art on top as well. And they usually bubble and melt and pop. And so you get a drink in a show. All of that sounds great. All right. So let's get into the mug melts. So which one is it that you've given me? Okay. I have given you holiday mint. And this holiday mint flavor is based on the recipe that I was asked to write for Bust Magazine. So this is loosely based on one of those recipes. I'm drinking something different. I am having orange cocoa. All right, let's give it a go. Okay, let's go. Yum. Mm, yeah, the mint goes well. I'm doing my traditional hot chocolate collagen, so I think the chocolate and mint pairs really well. Mm -hmm. I'm having orange cocoa which is one of my favorite holiday flavors. And it tastes very rich and chocolatey. And then there's a light hint of citrus. And so it's very similar to a mocha with a little bit of citrus. It's really lovely. Yes, this is great. 
I'm going to drink some more. Oh yeah. This is really delicious. I also like when I put it, my nose up to the cup, how even before I even start drinking it, I'm getting this beautiful like smell. I feel like rose mallows, especially the truffles, all of your senses get activated because you get a feel, a smell, a touch, you get the crunch. So you like hear it. So I feel like it's a full body experience. And I feel like I'm getting this here too. There's just no crunch. Nice. So just like wine and the process of tasting wine, there's a process for tasting rose mallows in your beverages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I think also it just is a delightful experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. And being that I'm a scientist, I will experiment with the quote unquote dosing. So what I do is I actively work to make sure that the flavor that goes into your coffee is strong enough to flavor a standard cup. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very important that you make sure that you can have the taste of it while still with your drink, especially when you have strong drinks, say something like hot chocolate drinks with their own flavors in them. Yes. I want things like the gingerbread one that I made and the pumpkin pie latte, the pumpkin spice mug melt when I'm mimicking very, very classic flavors there. And so in the pursuit of that, I want it to be classic, but I also want it to be like, that was amazing. So I will change it. The gingerbread one I changed at least 10 times before I released it. And then the pumpkin spice one, I had at least 20 or 30 pumpkin spice lattes. Wow. To try to make sure the flavor was what I wanted it to be. Yes, I imagine pumpkin spice with its popularity, it's very important to get it exactly right with all the pumpkin spice on the market. Yeah, I want it to be like, that was way better. Mm -hmm. Aaron, what flavors? It's not just mint in that one. What Could you get any of the other nuances coming through? I would say mint was the main one that I felt. The other flavors that were in there were also vanilla, brown sugar, and cinnamon. So did you get any of a light candy cane vibe? I did, yeah. Got some of that. Yeah, so I wanted it to be an elevated, fresh-tasting candy cane, which last year I thought I was being very clever by pairing mint from the garden with cinnamon and vanilla and brown sugar. And I thought, oh, this will be like a flavor that nobody's used to eating and I realized it was very close to just a really amazing candy cane. Yeah, as I finished my hot chocolate collagen, I got a little of the crusts and as I taste that, I can very much taste the mint and candy cane in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't mind candy cane, but I don't love candy cane, but I do love the holiday mint rose melts. I think they're wonderful and delicious and amazing. I feel like often with food, I'm expecting one thing and I'm disappointed. And I feel the opposite with Rose Mallow. Interesting. So it's very much a way of reinventing all the ones that you know into really a very different way of presenting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, at least for me, often I go in with food thinking I'm going to get this thing and then I get something that's not meeting my expectations. And I feel like with Rose Mallow, I want that whole fireworks and it to feel like, oh God, that this tastes incredible. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into a little bit into tasting the regular Rose Mallows. But before we do, why don't you tell the listeners the other types of holiday mug melts that you offer? Yeah. So this year we have six different flavors. Let me name them. We have the holiday mint and the gingerbread. Those were both based on the recipes that were in Bust. And then we also have, I always do a sugar plum 
variety. I loved the nutcracker when I was growing up and I have these beautiful memories of sugar plum fairies. We also have access to fresh plums. So I do fresh plums and it's a mix of fresh plums and then strawberries and raspberries. And then I have a vanilla sugar cookie, which is really delicious. It gives you a brown sugar vanilla vibe. We'll taste that flavor. And then orange cocoa is the last one. And that was the one that you had. Yeah, the one that I had was orange cocoa. So we have... Excellent. I love the idea of sugar plum too, just the name of it. And yes, think of the whole nutcracker and well, the ingredients in the sugar plum just sounds so sweet and joyous. Yeah. And this one, it also makes this pretty pink thing. So it just makes me think of winter magic and something that I would want to share with my littles. Both my son and my daughter, I want to have like a special date with them where we're having a mug melt and creating winter memories. When I make the winter mug melts, I usually want to think of creating winter memories with your families. Yes, yes, I could just picture it with the families gathering together and tasting the mug melt. Yeah, because the winter holidays are a time of getting together and gathering. And so we want to do things that are like lightly special that you think of like, oh, when I got together, for winter, I had this really special, beautiful thing. And I want that spirit in the rose mallows. I want that in all of the rose mallows to have this beautiful, special magic. But the winter ones, I especially want it to be like part of special traditions. How much of your business is from different holiday flavors of rose mallows? You know, last year, it was almost all of our business. And our biggest boom is during Thanksgiving and the winter holidays. And then we have smaller little peaks during the year. We were completely based on seasonal flavors. And now I think in the new year, sometime we're going to release two lines. One will be Rosemallow Classics, and then we'll do a signature flavor one. So we'll have a few lines that just stay there year round. And so I'm going to define those soon. There'll be one that's actually quite similar to the vanilla sugar cookie because genuinely like having a brown sugar vanilla is just really good. (laughs) You don't need to have that. Oh no. Just at the holidays. It's just a great year round. And then I'll think of some of the other ones. I know that the cinnamon one, people love our cinnamon one as well as far as mug melts. So I'm going to have a line of Rose Mallow classics and signatures for the truffles and then do something of a classics line for the mug melts. And then we'll probably do that with the float tails soon too. We're so young, so we've been redefining and redeveloping things. I think that makes sense. I think that's pretty typical of a lot of different confection and dessert-oriented companies. You have the regular flavors and the seasonal ones. I think of like the ice cream shops that have all the flavors that you know and love, and then they have that flavor of the month up there. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. So I think we'll keep on doing something like that where we have seasonal offerings come up and then leave. And they'll probably, now that we've changed all of the ways that we, before we were hand cutting everything and not that everything is not just as much done by hand it is but we're now using molds so it gives me the ability to make one flavor in a variety of different products i have to do different things to make the mug melts work in a beverage they all get coated on the bottom with additional flavor 
because you want to make sure that it can shine through a drink. And the same with the float tails. The float tails get a little coating as well. The float tails are the marshmallows that go on a cocktail, mocktail, beer, wine, soda water, or just straight up alcohol. And they add a tiny bit of flavor and then they also soak in the flavor of whatever you're drinking. And we've also noticed that with the float tails in experimenting with them, they make your drink less sweet and more balanced, which kind of boggled my mind. It made me feel like a black magic woman or something. <laughs> because I was like, how am I putting something that's like sweet and making a drink less sweet? That's completely counterintuitive. And the only thing that I can think of as a scientist is that what's happening is that I'm using real spices and real fruits and vegetables. So it's adding nuance to the drink and making it taste more real. And so it's bringing down the feeling of sweetness and making it feel like more real and complex. Very interesting. And so for the float tails, do you also have specific holiday flavors for those? I do, yes. And some of these appear in the float tail flavors as well. Like sugar plum is a float tail, but it's also a mug melt and a truffle. And the caramel apple is also a float tail and a truffle. And the cranberry is a float tail and a truffle. And the gingerbread is a truffle, a float tail, and a mug melt. Mm, I like the idea of the cranberry. And mm -hmm. I imagine that's due in part to Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. But it's still... A holiday flavor, right? which a lot of people like cranberry cocktails during Christmas and the other winter holidays. And so cranberry often moves up in its own way into the winter holidays. And so I moved that flavor up. So there was like an apple friend in the Thanksgiving offering and a cranberry friend in the Thanksgiving offering. And those moved up. I'd say it's similar to the pumpkin spice because certainly for Halloween in October, pumpkin spice is popular, but a lot of people... Love to have pumpkin spice throughout the winter, too. Yes, that's very true. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and also same with apple cider. Yes. People like apple drinks throughout. So, oh, and the other line that we're going to be keeping going on sort of in perpetuity is we have a garden harvest line, which some of them are honey-based, topped with literally just fresh herbs from the garden. And then some of them are fruit-based, and they can either be eaten on their own and I also have direct pairings for cheeses with them as well. Oh, wow. And we've done that at events and people really, really love them. They basically can take the place of a honey or a fruit or a vegetable on your cheese plate. Well, that's perfect because this is the appropriate omnivore. So animal products like cheese <laughs> fit right into it. Yeah. And, and of course, the rose mallows too. All very appropriate omnivore. I think that we may open a catering arm of rose mallow. Oh, wow. It would just be basically a cheese board with potentially I could make like some my gluten-free focaccia and then have the rose mallows with cheeses and then some other accoutrements on that. We've done that before and it was very, very, very popular. So made me think that might be a fun thing to do as well. Is catering something that you're looking at doing more of in the upcoming new year? I think that it's something that I would like to do maybe once or twice a month, or if not more, if we had more business. I mean, they're so upscale, the Rose Mallows themselves. And so they really fit perfectly into an event that's really nice. And I think that sometimes because it's such a new product, people don't always know how to present it. And so 
doing the catering, I'm sort of presenting it for them. So I think it opens up the door for people to see like, oh, this is how we consume this very delicious new product. Yes, it's a great way of being direct to consumer to have people learn more about Rose Mallow. Well, do you want to start going through the mallow truffles? Yes, let's get into those now. For people who want to follow along, give them the website where they can look up all of the flavors. Okay, so if you go to www.rosemallow.com, if you pull down on the tabs, you will see flavors and ingredients. And if you go to that, you'll see the current offering. And the one that we're doing right now is the winter mallow truffles. And so it'll show you a photo with all of the different rose mallows with their names and their ingredients. These ones don't have a specific tasting order, but I will tell you the one that I think we should start with. I think it would be best to start with vanilla sugar cookie because that's the most straightforward flavor. Got it. It's white with a little bit of purple and a little bit of gold. Okay. Perfect. All right, so let's start with this one. Give us the name again. This is Vanilla Sugar Cookie. Mm, Yes, it definitely does have the sugar cookie taste. I'd say like a sugar cookie, it's plain and simple and delicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it tastes wonderful. This is probably the closest thing that we'd make to like a quote-unquote traditional marshmallow, but it's very nuanced even in this quote-unquote simple flavor. Yes, it certainly has sugary sprinkles like you expect on the sugar cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the turbinado sugar. I like adding turbinado sugar on it because it has much larger sugar crystals. And so you get much more of a crunch feeling. Yes. And yeah, definitely taste the sugar plum with the purple sugar coating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's nice. And I like how the flavor changes as you consume it. It gets, it changes and gets deeper. And yes. Okay. So I was not wrong in seeing that sort of at the beginning, taste more just light, regular marshmallow. And As you get into it, then the flavors develop deeper and deeper on my palate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with rose mouths, I always love how I'm experiencing it right now. It's funny. Sometimes I get more of the wild flavor in my mouth after it's been consumed. And I think it's because you're eating real ingredients. And so you need to actually chew them to release the flavors. And Uh so is it leaves this really dynamic aftertaste in your mouth. Like feel like symphony going on in my mouth right now after eating it. Yes. As we explained last time, good aftertaste. And to me, I can also, there's something about I can taste the colors. I sort of see a vision of the colors Mm -hmm. as I eat it. Yeah, it's a really interesting experience. I really very rarely experience this with food. You know, I do sometimes, but like it's only when I'm eating in like the nicest restaurants with very, very, very skilled chefs that I'm experiencing even anything remotely like this. Yes, it certainly is one of a kind. Well, should we try the next flavor? Let's get it on. So which one do you want to try next? I think we should try one of the fruit ones. Sure. So we should either try apple cider, cranberry cocoa, or sugar plum. Which one would you prefer to try next? Let's start with the apple cider. Okay, great. It has green and red and yellow on top of it. And I wasn't trying Christmas colors. I was genuinely trying to mimic apple colors. <laughs> looking a little Christmassy, which wasn't my intention. Interesting. Green and red. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) You might have started something new. Maybe apples should be associated more with Christmas. Maybe they should. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's go. Okay. Oh, man. That's good. (laughs) Mm. 
Oh, very much taste the apple in here. Mm -hmm. This one's changed flavors a lot. Mm. This is like apple bread in a marshmallow. Mm -hmm. Oh, yum. To me, it's also a little wild. There's no dairy in it because it feels very, very rich. Yes, I wouldn't be able to guess mm -hmm. that. I've had a lot of people say, like, after eating that one, are you sure there's no dairy in that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no dairy. But where you're getting that richness and the oils, it's literally coming from the vanilla bean itself. Because the vanilla beans, in their curing process, they get heated and fermented, and it brings out oils in the vanilla beans and so those oils are what is creating some of that dairy-like feel. I've noticed that I've been able to mimic dairy quite well, and it's just because of the oils in the vanilla bean itself. What made you decide to not include dairy on this specific one? Well, one, I'm not legally allowed to. Oh. And then also, it's not shelf-stable with dairy. So none of them include dairy? No rose mallows include dairy. But you're saying this one tastes like it has dairy in it? Yeah. This one tastes like it has dairy in it. Got it. In fact, a bunch of them have a richness to them. Even the cookie, it did taste kind of like a classic marshmallow, but there was definitely a richness to it that often you get from dairy and you can't often get from other places. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to try the next one? Yes. Okay. So do you want to try next cranberry cocoa or sugar plum? Let's do cranberry cocoa. Okay. It is pink with what looks like chocolate on top because it's cocoa nibs. So in this one to get the crunch, because it seems like people like crunch on all of them. Mm -hmm. The crunch is coming from organic fair trade cocoa nibs. Okay. You ready to try this one? Yes. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah. This has a lot going. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, the cranberries and the cocoa nibs, that, that's a wallop of a mallow. Mm -hmm. It's really, really fun and delicious. And another one that the more you have it, the deeper of the flavor you discover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got more cocoa in the beginning, and then the brightness of the cranberry comes out really well. Similar for me. That's what was my intention with this. Okay, well, then I did it right. I'm glad to know. Yes, because the cocoa, you see that and... I felt like I got to have that first. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, as you get more into it, really develop the rich taste of the cranberries. And I like this because I didn't know that actually cranberry was a popular holiday flavor. Because I was always thinking that would make sense because October, it's pumpkin spice. And then December, it's peppermint, but then also ginger and even eggnog flavor. And people are always saying, what do you have for November? Because turkey no that doesn't really sound like it would work and i'm like well, why not cranberry and so apparently you're saying that actually that is becoming i don't feel you hear about it as much as say the pumpkin spice or peppermint but it sounds like we're going to be seeing lots of cranberry flavored confections coming up yeah i think so like if you look around you see sugared cranberries around in lots of things mm -hmm. so I think it's not the typical holiday flavor that we're talking about a lot, but there are so many recipes that you'll see out there where it's a cranberry aperitif or something like that. So I do think that cranberry is quite popular and we love cranberry. Cranberry is very special in that you can really only get it one time of the year. If you do not buy and freeze the cranberries, you're not getting them any other time of the year. Yeah. You have cranberry mug melts, right? 
No, we don't. We have cranberry float tail. But I was thinking about doing a cranberry mug melt as well. But I think that might be a bigger hill for people to climb than a sugar plum mug melt. So I didn't do that. But I do think that people are also quite accustomed to cranberry vodka. So I knew that like cranberry could work quite well as a float tail. I just think the cranberry mug melt could be interesting. Say if you do it with coffee that you could perhaps start the essentially cranberry spice latte craze. That's true. I should try. I should start the cranberry cocoa latte phase. I think that the world is missing out quite a bit in their hot beverages by not enjoying fruit in it. Yes. It's not something that we almost ever have. Although there was, sorry, Starbucks, there was a apple cider latte that was just so gross Ugh, i stupidly ordered it but we don't generally have real fruit in our coffees and it's so good the things that we drink in our coffee is so limited there are lots of things that taste quite good in our coffee and coffee's a berry a fermented berry anyway so it's not like it wouldn't pair well with another fruit it pairs great and it has chocolate under Mm. when you do like fancy coffee sampling they talk a lot about all the different undertones in the coffee so coffee does pair well with citrus and it also pairs really delicious with the rose rose mallows that we do and lavender and when you have real food put in nice food, it's very good, <laughs> like straight up. Yes, it is. You could all say this is beverage for thought. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, and I think also I would love to see more sugar plum flavors. I would love to see that become as popular as the peppermint and ginger and eggnog flavors. Me too, because what I think I've been realizing, like, I can be kind of a heady person, and so I will think about things, and, you know, it's really interesting for me thinking about what flavors we're used to eating, even in, like, this country where I feel like there's quite a bit of fusion, especially in, like, LA, and so it's just really interesting to see how people like approach food and flavors, because I think that sometimes there's like a little bit of trepidation of like, oh, would that actually work? And then you do try and you're like, whoa, (laughs) that's great. What have I been missing out on my whole life? But I think that, yeah, that's part of our journey as Rosemount to be like, hey, try this out. This is going to really bring a lot of joy for you. Mm -hmm. I think everything has to start somewhere because I imagine when they first introduced pumpkin spice, a lot of people were like, really? What is that? And eventually you just need to get one person to like it and word of mouth. Yeah, totally. It has to start somewhere for like the craze. It just has to like have the right time, be in the right hands. And then you're like, oh, this worked. Somebody was talking to me recently about Squid Games and how that TV show, they'd written the script 18 or something years ago, and they had pitched it to lots and lots of people. And it took a long time for it to get into the right place. And then it took off. So I very strongly believe that Rosemallow is finding its little niche and that it's going to take Oh, I believe so too. And I feel like Gen Zers are more willing to try new things is something that I've noticed. And that's why we are seeing, whether it's in food or in television, very much new and innovative ideas. Yeah, for me, and maybe I've also like traveled and lived all over the world. And so it's fun for me to have a food adventure, but one that actually tastes 
good. I've had food adventures that did not taste good. <laughs> but it's fun to have a food adventure where it tastes great. And sometimes I feel like there's not enough. I don't know. Like I want like fun and excitement in my life too. And this is like such an easy way to like bring a package of excitement to your home. Yes. For me, trying different dishes to cook, that is very much a way of bringing excitement to the everyday home life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is sort of my like contribution to like some excitement and adventure and joy in the world. All right. So what is the next flavor we're trying? So then let's do the last fruit flavor, which is sugar plum, which is this really beautiful purple and pinkish red and gold. I wanted it to feel very much like winter fairies nutcracker. I want it to look, you know, magical. and Oh, very nutcrackery. Yes. Ready? Yes. Let's bite in. Mm. I can see the sugar plums dancing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I wanted to save this one for last because I knew that this one was a great closure for the fruit flavors. Mm -hmm. It's so strong and beautiful. It's just a beautiful, beautiful flavor. Feels so fresh. Doesn't it feel so fresh? Mm -hmm. I think I may also like the sugar plum because I'm from Cleveland and we do have the saying, New York may be the big apple, but Cleveland's a plum. Oh, that's great. I should have sent you the sugar plum from <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was a toss-up between those two. I thought, well, mint is such a traditional holiday one. I want to go with that. But oh, it was very much just kind of a flip of a coin of which one I went for. Because, yeah, I was thinking of those two. <laughs> yeah. Next time I'll send you that or next time I see you all. Yes. Yeah, that was great. I love that. That was a very, very very strong flavor in a good way. Yes, and this is one that certainly has the flavors that last the most after you eat it. I can still feel hints of it. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, that was very, 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 very beautiful. The decoration matched the beauty inside the mallow. Yes, and I guess with me, in addition to the visions that I like to think of and the taste that I have, I'm a musical person, so I love to think of what music you'll hear after it. So obviously with this, the sugar plum with relation to the nutcracker, I can hear music from the nutcracker in my head yeah i'm really musical too i didn't continue to play but i played the clarinet from sixth grade to the 12th grade Me too. I, oh you did you play the clarinet yeah <laughs> pretty much i think i started in fifth grade to 12th so pretty close but yes the clarinet was what i played yeah i absolutely love the clarinet Me too. i have such a sweet loving memory of the clarinet and so i think that's why maybe also sometimes i describe the rose mallows in this orchestral way because i think of those feelings that i felt when i was playing music it also brings like that i'll talk about the crescendo of flavors or the acts because I think it does very much. Yes. And also, I feel like for me, when I listen to music, it can feel very otherworldly. And so I think that the Rose Mallows are very nicely described by music. Do you listen to music when you're making these Rose Mallows? I do listen to music when I make the Rose Mallows, but I don't generally listen to like, I usually listen to modern music and not oh. classic. <laughs> But it's even funny when we're making content, sometimes when we do the voiceovers and things like that, or when I'm just thinking about the theme that we're going to do for the content, I need to think of what music 
sometimes we do the content and then think of what song, but other times I'll think of what song I want, or I won't be able to put together the story that I want to tell until I figure out the song that I want to put with it. I really feel like music does move us. It does. Have you thought about making playlists for music to listen to when you're sampling the different Rose Mellows? That would be really fun. (laughs) You know, I haven't even thought of it in this way. I haven't even thought of, it's just so funny to me because I feel like Rose Mallow is all these ways of all these interests that I've had all of my life coming together. So all of these different parts of me are able to come out in a marshmallow, which seems crazy. (laughs) But yeah, I never really even thought about how that's probably a big influence on this as well. But yes, I do like listening to music and it helps motivate me. It also helps me creatively. You know, the other weird thing that happened with me with Rosemel is I was doing something out in the garden and I was harvesting and breaking down some of the corn and the corn was dried and it was very sharp. So it cut my index finger, not horribly bad, but a little deeper than a paper cut. And I noticed that when I was cooking that I use my index and my middle and my thumb so much, there's an intuitive feeling going on in those three fingers that it was really frustrating me because I felt like some of the magic was being lost. (laughs) That there was really that I'm feeling the food and how much it wants to go in each thing so much from these three fingers. They're telling me from my experience with food, this is how much I want to be in this recipe. Wow. Well, you want to try the next one? Yes. Okay. So let's do holiday mints because that's a little bit of the two bust ones and the ones that are more spice based. This is a little bit of the milder spice one versus the gingerbread. Oh, yes. So holiday mint, it's got a mint crust on the top. So Mm -hmm. it's green with maybe a little bit of blue and gold. All right. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay. Mm. Mm. Yes, another one where the more that you savor on it, the mint really seeps in. Yeah, that one's so good. (laughs) I don't know what to say. It's so good. It's like candy cane sophisticated cousin that candy cane (laughs) wishes they could be. Yes, definitely in the sugar sprinkles. I can taste the mint in there too, as well as in the rose mallow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the sugar sprinkles is a coating of mint. And I feel like we're so used to this being just straight up mint, but part of what's adding to this flavor is the cinnamon and the vanilla. Because when I have just a plain mint marshmallow or even a mixed mint marshmallow, it doesn't remind me of candy cane. It reminds me of mint. Whereas the candy cane flavor is coming from those two other elements. Right. Mm, That's really good. That is, yes. I'm going to eat some more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I finished mine already. (laughs) Oh, did you? Okay. I will often eat just a bite of them and feel very satiated. This one, I'm like, "Hmm, I want to hoard this one. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I ate it too fast. I need to enjoy it like fine wine more. Yeah, they are basically like a fine wine. I mean, that is essentially what they are. They're like a very, 
very bespoke, divinely special little confection. Well, I will do that for the last one. You're 100% not getting a standard chocolate shop or candy shop experience. You're getting like a very, very nice elevated farm to table experience. You could easily serve these at any very, very nice farm to table restaurant and it would not even remotely feel out of place. It would actually feel special there as well. It would very much add to the desserts at farm to table restaurants. Farm to table restaurants, if you're listening, Take note, here's the future of desserts. (laughs) Agree. You know, this might make me sound like a totally crazy person, but I totally can see myself being on Forbes with the headline, she reinvented the food market. Yes, yes, I can see that too. So, okay, you want to try the gingerbread? I'm going to have a little bit of water. Sure. Karen, can I say something else that we've noticed with the rosemary? So many people, we notice when they're tasting them, will have all these joyous laughs, like a joyous surprise laugh and be like, whoa, that is not what I was expecting. And it was so good. And there'll be a lot of videos online of me laughing joyously as well. And just like sort of being taken aback by them. And I'm not doing it for show. It's hard to do it for show. Yeah. Especially the laugh for show. It's pretty obvious. Laugh. But I think it's hard for it to not like bring up this immense joy. Yeah. If you're not getting joy out of these, then you're definitely doing them wrong. This is what it's about. Because yes, food is meant to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Food is meant to be fun. Food is meant to be delicious and interesting and fun. We can have standard food, which is great, but we do also, as humans, need fun and adventure. Absolutely, yes. And that's a big part of what I cover my blog is very much food is fun and, you know, focus on things where sometimes people don't think of the importance of even finding the sustainable desserts and confections. Yeah, because also, like, it's not like you couldn't genuinely eat these every day. Right. But some things are meant to just be special. Yeah, and when you do special, do it right. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, do it right and have it be fun. All right, so for the last Rosemallow, what do we have? Gingerbread. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> this was based on one of the recipes that was in Bus Magazine, and it has our fresh ginger from the garden. And I love gingerbread. Also, I don't want gingerbread to be bland. I want gingerbread to feel like a warm winter hug. You ready? Yes. Okay, let's go for it. Ooh, yes. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, yeah. As usual, the more you get into these, you feel more of the gingerbread flavor. Mm-hmm. I think this one has the strongest flavor that develops as you go along with it. Mm-hmm. It does. Yes, I think you picked the right one to close on. And I noticed also that this one has coatings all around it. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, I wanted it to feel very dynamic. It is a little bit of a spicier gingerbread. This is definitely not a child's gingerbread. This is an adult gingerbread, not in that it's even remotely alcoholic, but it has a lot of spices in it. It's not a bland, even remotely bland one. This one does. And this one also has the strongest flavor that I can taste after I finished it. It's still coming out. It's like it's filling up in my mouth, the spread of the ginger. It's amazing. (laughs) The memory remains because of how you can taste it after finishing it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's delicious. It's just so fun. Yeah. I think that it's going to be hard to try a gingerbread cookie <laughs> from somewhere else. <laughs> yes. Well, now I like that you bring up gingerbread cookies because you're saying that this one is more for adults, but have your kids tried it? 
Oh yeah, they love it. <laughs> I would say kids do genuinely enjoy the rose mallows for sure. There are kids that absolutely do not, that the rose mallows are just too complex for them. And they're like, what am I eating? But my kids love them. Yeah, my son loves this gingerbread one and was begging me for them and trying to steal them behind my back. Because um, I was thinking this is especially a great one for your kids, because you said it's also for adults, for your husband, as I know that they're gluten-free and they can't eat the typical gingerbread cookies that what a wonderful and perhaps even better alternative for those of us who can have the cookies. Yeah, totally. You know that I also have the food blog, Aaron. Yes. And I genuinely do not think that for my husband, when he found out he had celiac, it was hard, really hard. He felt like his world was going to end. But eating gluten-free does not have to be. And I will also be very honest that I don't feel like wheat is the devil at all. Right. So that's not my take on this. In fact, I don't feel like most food is, you can eat it in a balanced way. And Right. I really don't like to attack any kind of food as good or bad. I'm more about going back to the traditional ways that any food is prepared. Yeah, me too. If my husband felt like it was like a food death sentence to him. And because I'm cooking all the time, and then also I'm releasing as many of the recipes as I can, like I am always having people try things and being like, I cannot believe that's gluten-free. That is one of the best cookies I've ever eaten. And the nice thing about rose mallow is not only do they not have gluten, they don't have any soy, any dairy. They don't have nuts. Maybe at some point I'll do one with corn, but it would be fresh corn. There's no standard allergens in them. There is fish gelatin. So if you're allergic to fish, there's that. But then we also have the vegan line that doesn't have that. And it's nice because usually when you're a person dealing with severe allergies, like my husband was celiac, which is an autoimmune disease. It makes your life kind of small. And rose smells are special in the way that you can bring them and you'll have a better dessert than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you won't have any out and almost anyone can eat them and your dessert is going to kick everybody else's tush. Yes. Well, certainly you're very much about making a better dessert for people to eat and also about better holiday treats. We are seeing some better ones. I do my article on organic holiday candies. Do you think we're seeing better options for holiday desserts overall? If I'm honest, no. Yeah, I be think honest. that especially it seems like we're starting into like a little bit of a recession. And it feels like what I'm seeing out there a lot is the quality of food in general that we're getting is decreasing. But I think it's because we're starting on what seems to be a recession and that people are genuinely struggling. I think that's also the difficult thing with food is that it's one, an inherent right. But then to someone's making it, growing it and processing and making it. So it's also in a hair right for that person to get paid. So it's very complicated with food and food prices. And I think that because people are struggling a little bit more financially, I'm seeing like the quality of food going down. And what people are wanting more is lower price and larger quantity. And I know that's been going on for years, but I still am seeing that happen. Well, and I think we're seeing that even more with the dessert end, because that's always been a smaller part of the natural space and i've heard that it's a harder sell often of making 
desserts that are organic that people are more willing to pay for veggies that are organic but to be willing to truly pay for these sweet desserts that's one of the hardest ones to sell as natural yeah i mean people will sometimes at the market be like this size the truffles are essentially like a one inch cube (laughs) people say hey do you know the cookie shop (laughs) a quarter of a mile from here or like 20 shops down they're serving cookies that are like as big as my hand and they cost this much and i'm like well i just gave you a 12th of a marshmallow and you were just blown away but also it's not about that who cares you know it doesn't really matter what the cookie shop down the street is doing this is something special and unique and different and i'm going to be like stand by the high quality of my ingredients and that's why you're getting such a dynamic flavor experience and it straight up does not exist in the food market it doesn't exist you're not going to find it anywhere else period i would agree no certainly your product is a product that is as i said before it's one of its kind and there really there isn't anything else that falls into this category yeah and i think it's just that for some one reason or another i'm not exactly sure why nobody's really thought well i think they did think of marshmallows like this originally i've done some research and when marshmallows were first created they were like offerings to the gods and kings and so in the 1900s they were able to like commercialize and manufacture them. Oh. And so like the true origin of marshmallows being this elite fancy food, and not that I want my food to be elite, I just want it to be special, but to be this divine, fancy, special food was completely lost. And the true being of a marshmallow was also lost. I mean, they were made with mallow root and real fruits and vegetables a long time ago before they were commercialized. But for some reason, that is one of the things that we've lost in the years. And I don't really know why nobody else is. Well, one, it is, it's a pain in the tushy making them with fresh fruits and vegetables. You have to really understand the fruits and the vegetables and then how they work in the mallow. And it's complicated. I make a lot of custards. I make anything and everything. A cake is very simple compared to the marshmallow. Sometimes when I'm burnt out and I have somebody over, one of my friends has cancer. And I was like, well, they were coming over and it was semi last minute and I had a lot of things going on. And so I made a cake. It was easy. The marshmallows are hard and complicated and they they need to set. They need to sit over at least night, if not longer. And so you also are dealing with way hotter than boiling level sugar. You need a commercial mixer or at least a really nice KitchenAid. So it's interesting for me that no one else in the country is doing this, even though there's there's a decent group of us making marshmallows, fresh marshmallows, but just nobody's really doing it this way. I'm very interested in what you've said about how this used to be a food of the aristocracies because a lot of comfort foods I find are foods that used to be poor people's food, but then everyone starts to love and to embrace. But a food that I can also think of that used to be one which only the rich could eat was ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of similar to that. I mean, of course, now we're seeing really gourmet ice cream is a big thing. And I could see this eventually. And I think it's great that you're in on the beginning before others are doing because I mean, I've seen ways to try to elevate all kinds of desserts, donuts, churros. Yeah. So I think it has potential. Yeah. And I think it's smart that you're doing this first before anyone else is. Thanks. I knew like immediately it had a lot of potential. It's just like, these are unlike anything I've ever eaten 
it's delicious. And I just knew immediately and I was captivated by it. So yeah. And you know, like I make homemade ice cream too with a custard base. And I love that as well. But nothing that I've ever made has ever driven me in the way that the marshmallows do. For a very, very, very long time, the kids never had anything in the house except for like homemade custard base ice cream. So people also love my ice creams, but the market's pretty saturated with ice cream. And I was never really interested in competing against that because I just thought, even though I have something special and nice to bring to the table, I'd rather bring something that's totally different and unique. Now, since you make ice cream and you make marshmallows, have you made Rocky Road? I think I've only made Rocky Road pre when I wasn't making marshmallows. So I don't think I've ever made Rocky Road with my marshmallows, which I probably should do. Oh, yeah. Here's some future ideas. I should do that sometime. And I haven't been making as much ice cream. I still make a lot of custards. Like that's just a standard thing that I make all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm going to whip up a creme anglaise or pot de creme or creme brulee. They're pretty straightforward and easy. But yeah, I haven't done that. I'll maybe in the new year sometime. I'll do that. Yes. And that's actually what I wanted to get into as this is the last podcast of the year. This is our holiday show. And We have a new year approaching before we know it. So what does 2024 look like for Rose Mallow? Gosh, I'm not sure. I'm hoping that we have another major article again, possibly in Bust. Again, we've been talking with them about more recipes. I'd like to get some more bigger coverage too. The food blog is going to continue to expand. We just changed our whole online storefront. And so the website will continue to grow. We'll most likely have the introduction of everlasting flavors and signature flavors. Yeah, I'm looking forward to like maybe moving a little slower next year, working a little bit less, but that it's still moving, but in maybe a little bit more of a less hectic way for me. But I'm really excited about the new year. And, you know, so many fun things happened for Rosemal that I wasn't expecting. And I'm not even sure what fun and exciting things are on our horizon. I think there's going to be a lot of great things as far as Rosemal is concerned that it's going to happen in the new year. It sounds like you have a lot to look forward to in the new year. We're just about out of time, but before we go, give the listeners the website address again for where they can learn about and order Rosemallow products as well as any social media sites that you'd like to plug. Yeah, we're rosemallow.com and our handle for social media is at Rosemallow Artisanal, R-O-S-E-M-A-L-L-O-W-A-R-T. I-S-A-N-A-L. That's for Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. We haven't been very active on TikTok yet, but we will in the new year. That's one of the things we'll be doing. (laughs) Great. Another great thing to look forward to. Oh, and YouTube. We have a YouTube as well. And in the new year, we're going to be making sure that all of our content is on all of those streams as well. Not just Facebook and IG. Perfect. I look forward to seeing all of that. So, Lonnie, thank you so much for coming on the program again. It's always a pleasure tasting rose mallows with you. Thanks, Aaron. I love doing this with you. It's really fun for me. It is. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And I will talk to you in the new year. Yes. 
That's all for this episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. And that wraps up the podcast for 2023. Follow me on social media for more information about this program. And to make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore on your favorite podcast site or app. You can also listen to all my podcasts on my website, appropriateomnivore.com. There you can find recipes from the guests I interview, plus all of my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. Until 2024, my pantry is officially closed. <laughs>